Hey everyone, welcome to the Respect the Math podcast brought to you by Reliable Tech Help. For all your IT needs, call Reliable Tech Help at 502-797-7399 or visit our website at reliabletechhelp.com. That's reliabletechhelp.com. I'm your host, Digital David Snyder. Here at the Respect the Math podcast, we talk about everything from technology to business to science, popular culture, and more. Basically the things that I'm interested in because I'm kind of selfish that way. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and podcast apps from Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, Pandora, iHeart, and others. Please interact with us online, and if you like what you hear, please subscribe and share our content. We'd love to hear from you. Today, our guest is Jeff Elder, and he's with GenPel. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you here. Tell us more about yourself and GenPel and... uh, Uh, what you're here to talk about today. Sure. Well, I've been in the insurance business since 2012. I started as a carrier rep for a a national carrier and uh, realized very quickly that I could help people and that was great, but I wanted more options. So ended up going out on my own and creating GenPale LLC in 2014. Uh, It became the main face of what we did starting in 2017. And we've been going strong ever since. We cover 23 different states. We write for over 100 businesses. And all of our businesses that have come to us, nobody's ever been prospected. They're all, they've all been referred from somewhere. Oh, okay. So you, you were in the in- insurance industry for a while, and you said, look, I think I can do this better. So there's the age-old uh, phrase, if you want something done right, do it yourself. And you kind of branched out and did that, right? I was the best at if you want something right, do it yourself. Yeah. Uh, and re- until recently, I finally had to learn as a business owner, and, and each business owner kind of has their own journey. But I feel like my journey was the hardest part was going from being a great insurance agent to being a great business maintainer. Mm-hmm. And those, those two worlds were very different, but yeah. uh, a lot of the things I had to learn is that maybe you can't do everything yourself all the time. Yeah, and so did you say you had 12 years in insurance prior to starting GenPale? Uh, no, it was uh, 2012 was when I started. Or 2012, so okay, that's the 12. Th- yeah. this, is, this is year 10. Okay, so 10 years with GenPale, mm-hmm. and then your prior experience in insurance was how long? It was another two, three years. Okay, excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, a lot of most businesses fail in the first couple of years of their form. So to stick around for right. 10 years says you're obviously doing something right. Tell us more about uh, how you came up with the name GenPale. I'm sure you, you get that question a lot. It's ca- kind of unique and unusual. It's wonderful because I am not creative in the least. So if you ask me to draw you something, you're going to get stick figures and crayons. It's okay. just how it works. Yeah. However, I was sitting around and I was thinking to myself, what can I name this, this, uh, you know, this company? And of course, for your listeners who don't know, we're in Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville, Kentucky is commonly known as the Derby City. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were only so many river cities, Derby cities, commonwealths that you can have for a geographic span Bluegrass. of area. Bluegrass, yeah. that's another one. Very yeah. good. Yeah. And so I was thinking about myself, what, what can we name this company that, A, does not sound like, hi, I'm here to sell you insurance. Uh-huh but still sounds somewhat like an English word. So I sat down and started playing with letters. Uh, Pale is truly a family name. J-E, the first two letters are my initials, Jeff Elder. The next two letters, N-P, are Natalie Page, my daughter. And then the last three are Anna Lynn Elder, my wife, uh, who also works with us as our tech specialist. Excellent. That's great. You know, uh, sometimes the best ideas just come out of, of a random thought or just sitting down and trying to have something unique unique now like you said it won't be be just the next derby city blank bluegrass bank so you wanted something unique i like that and you know something i think we have in common is um 
the tech and reliable tech help for my company is T-E-K. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people look at that and they're like, well, how do you spell that? Is that spelled right? You know what's great about that? It starts a conversation. That's right. Right? So I don't blend in just like the the next tech guy, right? It starts a little bit of a conversation. And it, it's a little cumbersome when you're trying to get people to go to reliabletechhelp.com and they either screw up T-E-K or they don't don't uh, put help at the end or whatever. But I found, I found it's kind of a good thing because it, you know, the more people mention something or the more they uh, interact with it, good or bad, it reinforces it in their mind and can kind of have a lasting impact. I refer to that as my unintended stroke of genius. I like I, that. I never in a million years thought yeah. that that would be one of the things that everybody asks about. Yeah. But doggone it, everybody asks about it. So it's one of those things where like, well, how did you come up with a name? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm a marketing genius. That's right. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, I forgot who it was. It was a famous person. They said... I don't care if I get good press or bad press, just as long as they're talking about me. Have you as heard that? As long as you get press. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. There's no oh. such thing as bad publicity. That's right. As long as they're talking about me, I'm happy. I think Judge Judy said that once. She said, uh, there's millions of people love me and millions of people that hate, hate me, but at least they're all watching my show. I was going to say, but they're all paying attention. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you know, the Howard Stern, same story. I used to be in rock radio, and Howard Stern was the same thing. It was always, you know, it, you, you, why do you listen to him? Well, I want to see what he'll say next. And yeah. whether you loved him or whether you hated him, that's yeah. always why you listened. You it was wanted compelling. to see what he was going to say next. It was compelling, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's very effective marketing. Uh, my wife will often complain about terrible commercials and radio ads and stuff, and I'm like... This, they got you exactly where they want you. You're talking about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's interesting. Might have been terrible, but it still caught your eye. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell us more about your team. Uh, how many team members do you have at GenPale? We are uh, basically at four and a half, and I'll explain that to you a little better as we go along. But uh, so my team is is fabulous. They are literally a family to me. Uh, in one case, it, they're actually family to me because Anna works there. Mm-hmm. So Anna is our tech specialist. She programs our employee navigator platform that we use to... Uh, to enroll, and it's also used as an HRIS platform for businesses, so they get HR software that uh, oh, really? they, they get it at no cost if they're a client of ours. And is that proprietary to your company? Or it's that- not. It's something we purchase a license for, okay. but if the company went out and purchased that same license, it's pretty close to 10000 a year. Oh, wow. So if they were to purchase a system like that on their own, they're paying big dollars. Okay. If they're a client of mine, I'm giving it to them with no charge. Wow. And let's talk about more what GenPale is. It's the employee benefits space, correct? Correct. So if you're health insurance, dental, vision, life insurance, um, uh, disability, if you have a voluntary plan, Colonial Life, Aflac, Allstate, anything like that, we do all of that. Okay. But it's the only thing we do. We'll help individuals with health insurance or life insurance just because we'll help anybody. We don't want to turn anybody away. But that's not the business that we focus on. Okay. And you're obviously an independent agent, which you can shop all the carriers, right, or most of them, and find the best combination of benefit, uh, yeah. benefits and price for your client, right? We have about 70 different carriers between wow. voluntary life, health, uh, and it's all the major players, you know, so Aetna, Cigna, uh, United Healthcare, Anthem, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Humana. Uh, we even have some... Uh, what's called level funding or self-funding options, things like all state benefits, which actually writes health insurance. Most people don't realize that really? they have an all st- or a, a health insurance wing. Okay. Um, and then we do things like, um, you know, there, there's Trustmark. There's, you know, some of the other level funding uh, players out there that we write with as well. 
Level funding is not my favorite thing in the world just because it makes small business owners jump through a lot of unnecessary hoops. If I can get them a plan that is what's called fully funded, I would much rather put them into that just because it saves their administrative headache. And generally speaking, with an association plan, I can get them into a fully funded plan for the same price they would pay for, for level funding, oh, really? which usually is level funding's big claim to fame. You know, we, we're, we're less expensive. We can give you underwritten rates. We can make it to where it's less. And they can. They're not lying. You yeah. know, it's just it also comes with some paperwork that you may not realize you have to do. Now, who are you looking to have conversations with to get the ball rolling to see if you can help some of small business owners, decision makers? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we'll help. You know, we have companies that are small as two people. We have husband wife groups. Uh, Anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield in Kentucky and Indiana will write just a husband wife only group. We have groups that go up into the hundreds of lives. Interesting. I'm curious, at Reliable Tech Help, um, it's myself. I own the mm-hmm. company, and then two subcontractors are my team members. Is, uh, if my com- company something, you know, you want to have a conversation about? Absolutely. You can help, we really. could definitely help somebody your size. The, the businesses I love working with the most are the smaller businesses for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's great to have the relationships. You're not going to get those, uh, or at least they're not going to be as good. The larger the company is, the more kind of hands-off they are with the benefits. Mm-hmm. They're going to talk to you, and they're going to tell you what they want done, but you're not going to really develop friendships out of those more often than not. It's not to say it couldn't happen. It can, mm-hmm. but it's not as likely. Well, I'd like to refer that to you. We'll have a conversation about that another time because sure. uh, I'd love to be able to offer something to my people. Um, you know, as a small business owner, what you are, you got to cut costs wherever you can, and you know, partially or fully funding a health insurance plan for three people is not, you know, an option for me financially. Right. But if there's some type of custom plan you could put together or some type of benefits package that gets close to that or at least helps my people, I'd love to see, see what the options are there. I can literally give a business owner everything with the exception of true health insurance. So mm-hmm. like dental vision, disability, life insurance, they can literally do that and not have to pay anything. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, the rate might not be competitive based on the size of your employee or your team and your... Uh, the, rate are, the rates are still good. The rates are what they are. So huh. they, those aren't going to change based on whether you're paying or whether you're not. Um, what's, what is going to make a difference, obviously, if you're subsidizing some of that coverage, mm-hmm. it's going to make the cost less to the employee because you're picking up some of that tab. But that's up to you. You can do it. You're just not required to. Let's talk about that a little more in detail, if you don't mind. Sure. So I'm, I'm sure there'd be a medical evaluation of all three of us and then a background check on all, for, the, for our medical history. For correct? the ones that you wouldn't have to pay for, then no. Those literally are just, we open up the box and here they are. We just put them in. The only thing you're going to do is you're going to payroll deduct for them and you're going to pay the bill with what huh. you payroll deducted. Really? So the employee is literally funding 100% of that cost. You're just taking care of the admin side as the business owner. Okay, interesting. On the medical side, the medical side, our biggest association is with Anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield. It has a one-page application that asks five medical questions. If you check no to all five, you're good to go. Sign it, date it, and call it a day. Okay. If you check yes to one of those questions, you do have to explain it, but there's little boxes below that you put your information into that says, hey, do you regularly take medication? Well, okay, so I take uh, Lipitor to help reduce cholesterol, for example. So if they, and, and I'm, I'm not saying that I do, I'm saying like the, the employee does. Yeah, yeah. So the employee would, in that case, say, okay, yes to question one. It'll ask what question. It'll say, here, you know, who's the person that is taking the medication? It is, you know, Bob Smith, and Bob Smith takes Lipitor, and this is what it's for. 
generally speaking, with drugs like that, they're, what they're looking for there is they're looking for really high cost stuff. Mm-hmm. So don't be worried if you take. Lipitor. Don't be worried if you take lisinopril for blood pressure. Don't be worried if you take allergy medication. What they're looking for there is things that are really costly. Brand name uh, prescription drugs, serious conditions, things of that nature. Okay. So much like the regular, what they call small group ACA, where they can only base your rates on your zip code, your county, your age, uh, things like that. They can't turn you down for an association plan. So, you know, they have to take that in consideration. What they're going to do is if it's not a good fit for you, they're going to come back and make that plan so expensive that you will say, there's no way I want that. I'm going to go with the small group ACA option because in this particular instance, it's less. Yeah. One of my team members is in his late 30s, relatively healthy, but has some ongoing medical issues. It need maintenance, nothing, you know, severe. Um, He's currently getting benefits through the state exchange, Connect at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, would something you could offer him possibly be competitive with that? Um, Absolutely. Feature-wise and price-wise? Yeah, so the big thing that people don't realize about the state exchanges, Connect, since we're here in Kentucky, is ours, but a lot of the places that are nationwide use healthcare.gov, but certain states, California, Colorado, have their own exchanges just like we do. So the things that most people don't realize about those plans is, number one, if you travel a lot, your plan doesn't go with you. It stops at the state lines unless you have a medical emergency. Wow. So if you have a medical emergency, you can be treated anywhere, but it must be life-threatening. Otherwise, you don't have coverage. Wow. Uh, The uh, plans that are on state exchanges, there are, of course, every state varies. So there's a little bit of variance. So I'm just going to speak to Kentucky. But... You your best plans on the state exchanges are going to have things like a one to two thousand dollar deductible. Through the association plan with Anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield, I can get you a two hundred and fifty dollar deductible. Would a business like mine fall under those guidelines for mm-hmm. an asso- what you call an association plan? Absolutely. Again, you'd only have to have two employees to uh, to apply. And on that particular association plan, which is not universal, but that one is you know the rule is they. They'll, they'll write you down to one life. Only one of the two has to accept. Wow, that's very interesting. You and I are going to have a follow-up conversation on that. I'd love to be able to bring something to the table and even pay for some of it to add that, you know, add value to my employees or my technically subcontractors or my team members. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, The and, and what you just said, you know, I'd love to be able to bring something to my employees is something we hear really often. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the best things about the business is to be able to bring something back and tell. I just had a conversation with a gentleman yesterday who is out in western Kentucky. He owns a construction company. It's pretty small. I think he said they had about eight people. But he literally echoed the same phrase. And it was a phrase that we hear pretty often. And he was worried about what that would cost. So what I did was I told him, I said, look, I cannot tell you what your rates are going to be because that's based on you and your medical underwriting. Mm -hmm. What I can do is I can tell you what another construction company that is similarly sized is currently paying. And so I looked up one of our clients without telling him who the client was, obviously, Mm -hmm. because we have to follow HIPAA guidelines as well. Privacy, of course. Uh, but, I, you know, that particular construction company was on that $250 deductible plan, which is the best one that they offer, and they were paying $309 per employee. Wow. What that means is the employee was paying about $150 a month for that plan. Okay. The employer, because the employer is required to pay 50% of the individual-only amount, was also paying $150 per So employee. 309 total, roughly? 
Correct. And half the employer, half the uh, employee. Correct. Wow, that's very interesting. That's a, that's a monthly rate. And that's for a, an, an unbelievable plan. $250 deductible, $3,200 out-of-pocket maximum, which out-of-pocket maximum, for your listeners who don't know, is defined as the amount that you, it's the most you can spend in a given year before your health plan must pay for 100% of costs. And it was a $250 annual deductible. Correct. Wow, so you have co-insurance after that, I guess? Or? 20%, yes, sir. Okay. And so wow. mo- for most people, the out-of-pocket maximum is what they're used to their deductible being. Yeah, you know, so they're they're yeah. getting this great plan that's got a twenty dollar copay to see your doctor and a fifty dollar copay if you have to go see a specialist like an OBGYN, for example. Wow. You have uh, you know ten to fifteen dollar generic drugs. Um, it's a really solid plan, and most business owners are like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I can afford this." I can't believe it. I know those plans existed anymore. If they did, they had outrageous premiums, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and of course we get calls all the time. It's like I'm paying out the nose for this plan, and I've got a seven thousand or a ten thousand dollar deductible, and it's just too high. And more often than not, we're able to go in and shave a lot off that. Um, we actually write more than one anthem uh, association plan here in Kentucky, and we had, and of course this is a one off. You know, not every case is like this, mm-hmm. but we quoted a home builder last year. Home builder, we quoted them with both anthem association plans. So they're both Anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield. They're both association-based. They're both medically underwritten. The one that we use for the Better Business Bureau plan was actually 41% less. Wow. Even than another association. Wow. So when it wins, it wins probably about 92 to 95% of our Kentucky quotes. Yeah. And when I say win, it doesn't just beat the competition. It usually destroys it. Yeah, it sounds like it. If if someone is relatively healthy and they want to keep their premium lower, can they opt for a higher deductible and pair it with an HSA, or is that not something you offer? They can. Um, typically, that's going to be a company choice. So the company, depending upon size, is going to have to pick a plan. If you're over five enrollees, you can add a second line of coverage. Uh, but you must have five people enrolled to get that. So what's so, the second line of coverage? What's that look like? So if you had, like, let's say, for example, you wanted to offer a benefit-rich plan and then, like, a high-dollar HSA plan both and give your employees that option, you could do that. You just had to have, you would have to have a certain number of enrollees to be able to, to trigger that option. Okay, kind of a higher tier of options. Correct. Okay, interesting. Um, can you talk about the HSA? Are you a fan of that? I, I like it in certain situations. So let me, uh, I'll, I'll give you kind of an illustration. I talked to a gentleman the other day. He works for one of our clients. I was enrolling him, and we were talking about his situation. He had a, a spouse that was getting ready to give birth, was due in January, and was looking at the difference in two different plans because they offer a dual option. Their PPO option, which generally between the two, PPO and HSA, the biggest difference for the, for the, the layperson, one has copays and one doesn't. Mm-hmm. So on a PPO plan, you're going to have a copay if you go see your doctor or specialist. On an HSA plan, you're literally going to pay out of pocket the full amount until you reach the deductible. The contracted rate, <clears throat> right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to look at something that's much higher up front, but it may come to where it's still a better choice for you in the end. So in this choice, in this uh, scenario, he had a choice between a PPO with a $2,000 deductible. Mm -hmm. The out-of-pocket maximum was $5,500. But the HSA was a $3,000 deductible with a $3,300 out-of-pocket maximum. So one of the things I told him, I said, we know, know that your spouse is going to have a baby. You know, so I asked him, I said, are you planning on doing like a home doula or are you doing just your standard hospital birth? Mm-hmm. 
So he told me he was doing just kind of a standard hospital birth, in which case I told him, I said, you might in this situation be better off looking at the HSA because the out-of-pocket maximum is $2,200 lower. Mm. There's a realistic chance you're going to hit that number because we know that there's something built in. Sure. If it were something where, you know, maybe he didn't have that going on, we wouldn't have advised him that way. But that's the one of the big differences with us and other companies. You know, another broker, if you sign up for a health plan, will come in, they'll drop off a stack of paperwork and say, here, get these done and send these back. What we will do is we will literally send out a team of people to sit with each one of your employees and talk to them one-on-one to find out about their situation and to help guide them on their decisions. Does this make sense for you or does it not? And those two plans, did, were they comparable premium-wise? They were $5 apart. Okay, that was my main question there. Let's back up and talk about a few terms in case the audience isn't as sure. educated as we are about insurance. Uh, HSA stands for Health Savings Account. Correct. Um, and then uh, they don't really need to know what a PPO is other than it's associated with uh, ProPays, correct? Preferred Provider Network or Preferred Provider Options. There it we is, go. It is an, a, uh, it's it's going to be your most robust network option. Okay. So you have more options. You're not stuck in one medical network for your caregivers or yeah. Um, so, uh, and then in terms of uh, co-insurance, once you reach a deductible, all your fees at the contracted rate, you're resp- uh, responsible for a percentage of that, right? Going Correct. Forward. Okay. So how I usually explain that is I'll go through it and in, in a uh, chronological order. So deductible is defined as the amount you must spend out of pocket before your plan will cover anything. Now there are exceptions to that rule. So if you have co-pays, typically speaking, those are not subject to deductible and they kick in right away. Whereas if you went and had, let's say, a CAT scan or an MRI, that's going to go to deductible. Okay. From that point, coinsurance will take over, and that's going to be a, a percentage coefficient between you and the insurance plan on who pays what. Most plans are 80-20, but they do have 70-30 plans that are pretty prevalent. And then in an HSA, obviously, you're going to pay 100% up to the deductible, and then a lot of them are just designed differently after that. You could pay 20%, you could pay 0%, it could be to a copay after that. Uh, HSAs are designed very uh, in lots of different ways today. When they first started, HSAs were literally you paid a deductible and your deductible and your out of pocket maximum both matched up and then you were just done. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, they have hybrids. So you might have a HSA like the one I told you about that's a $3,000 deductible. out-of-pocket maximum, and then in between, what gets you between that last $300 are copays. Okay. So once you get to $3,000, copays start. They would not have been there in the beginning, but once you hit the deductible, they'll kick in. Okay. And so at that point, your $20 here, your $50 here, your whatever for prescriptions here and there, that all goes into the pot and takes you between the 3000 and the 3300 at the 3300 then you, you know that cuts off and you have, at that point that point the plan has to pay for 100%. And that was your max out of pocket limit, correct? correct? Okay. <clears throat> and the max out of pocket again is defined as the the most you can spend before the plan must pay for everything. Yeah, this is great. This is very informative. I didn't know you had all these options to offer your clients. I mean, a small business like me probably has tens of options, right? Depending on what's best for our company. There's 19 in the association plan and there are several different options outside of the association. So we're talking 25, 30 mm-hmm. options and you, you can fine tune that to what's best suits the employer or the, uh, the employer. Yeah. Something else that came to mind when, when you were talking about the diversity of options is 
you know, when you work for the man, so to speak, for a big company, you get, what, three options for your health insurance? I mean, you don't get, get many, right? If it's a really big company, you get three. Yeah, If best, it's a really right? small company, you're probably just going to get one. And most of those have transitioned away f- from the Cadillac, so to speak, HMO, PPO plans to the high deductible uh, safe and your health savings account for your to meet your deductible type plans. And a lot of folks don't like those, you know? Yeah. And it's not, most people blame their employer. It's not really your employer's fault. They're doing what they have to do to try to manage, you know, giving you something that helps cover your, your family for health without having to close their doors in the process. Mm -hmm. And and it's, it's a juggling act. And that's part of what we're there to help them do. You know, one thing when uh, I think it was George W. Bush rolled that out uh, during his presidency was the HSA and the high deductible health plan. I was immediately sold, uh, sold on, uh, on the concept. And at the time, I was working at Humana, and they were pushing it too. So it's kind of in the eye of the storm there in terms of embracing that idea. But I got to tell you, myself and my wife, we've rolled the dice and knock on wood. Uh, we haven't had any catastrophic, uh, ongoing, high-dollar medical needs for a while. And we made the calculation that why not take the lower premium and invest the difference in the HSA, get the tax deduction, and build up the money. We're big advocates of that. <clears throat> One thing I think that's worth mentioning is in the HSA, when, once you get to a certain point on your dollar value in there, you can actually actually invest a portion of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do you? I have a lot of designations behind my name. Uh, CPNA and CFP are not two of them. I, I think you should Fair probably uh, okay. consult with a, with a certified financial planner to help you with any investments. But HSAs do give you a wealth of abilities to be able to do some things. Uh, most people are familiar with HSAs, but they'll confuse them with FSAs, flex mm-hmm. spending accounts. And both of them still exist, but the flex spending account was the one that you had through your employer that was use it or lose it. Mm-hmm. And if you made it to the end of the year and you didn't use it all, then it went away. HSAs don't have that component. You can roll that over year to year. There is a limit that's, you know, the IRS changes every year that you can put into your HSA uh, and you can fund it out to where it's fully funded at that point. It is usually funded tax deferred. So, you know, you get a little bit of a tax advantage if you're contributing to the HSA. What I tell people though, excuse me, most of the time is that, if you are uh, going into an HSA, you're kind of playing roulette. And, and really, you're doing that when you're making a decision overall anyway. Because mm-hmm. like you mentioned, you, you're, you're factoring in, am I sick? Do I think I'm going to be sick this year? If you have a large price differential between a PPO and an HSA, and you're a healthy person, you should really look at giving the HSA consideration mm-hmm. simply because, like you said, you have an amount that you are guaranteed to save right now. So you can put that money back and invest it elsewhere towards making sure that you're better prepared for an emergency should one arise. However, if you are, you know, something where you know something's coming up, you're better off going with the PPO for that given year and you can switch back and forth. You can have an HSA one year, switch to a PPO for one year and then switch back. That's kind of the beauty of uh, health insurance and employee benefits is it renews every year. So if you don't like it, just ride out the year, year and try something different next year, right? Right. Um, I would assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're agnostic about all these options. You'll advise the customer what you, 
your experiences and your knowledge is on <clears throat> on what to choose. But ultimately, you want what's best for the customer, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. One of the things I have to point out to my customers because they don't realize this, you know, so we're going through 19 different association plans, and my job is to help them pair up to the plan that makes the most sense for them. I do not get paid any differently if I put them into a $2,000 a month plan or a $200 a month plan. Anthem pays me a stipend based upon uh, the enrollee themselves. So if I sell you a $2,000 plan, I get $14 a month. <laughs> if I sell you a $200 plan, I still get $14 a month. Oh, really? It's that fixed? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Well, I would assume, too, being a person of integrity, even if you did get paid more for one plan or the other, you're going to put the client in the best plan for them regardless of how you get compensated right one of my favorite sayings is uh it's not the best thing for my pocketbook but it's the right thing to do and typically the right thing to do i found out in 18 years of being in business myself is almost always the right business move always there's the occasional outlier where something just doesn't line up at 95 plus percent of the time do the right thing for yourself your team members your clients And that's almost always going to turn out to be the best for business. So Absolutely. I'm glad to hear someone else say that. We, uh, we're very big on trying to make sure we do the right thing. So everybody who ha- is working for me, I've turned down people who come in. Other brokerages, they assign you a quota. You have to produce X amount. I don't have those. I don't have those because I don't want my people thinking they have to go out and get this sale. Mm -hmm. That's the wrong way for them to think. In fact, I don't want them thinking about the sale at all. I tell people all the time, I don't sell anything. I tell you what's out there. Here's your options. And I'll answer any questions you have. But at the end of the day, this is your choice to make. You've got to do what's best for you. And if that's if that's waiving, you know, which waiving just means turning down a coverage. So if that's waiving, then so be it. That's okay. Um, the first person I ever told that, you know, I don't think this plan would fit you very well. You shouldn't buy this. I thought it was going to fall out of their chair. They couldn't believe it. Right. Yeah. You want clients for life, right? You yeah. want to do the right thing now. And the, uh, that person's going to be doing business with you three, four, five years or more down the road, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we have a hundred, about 115 clients right now, and all of them are businesses, and every single one of those was referred to us by somebody else. We've never cold called, knocked doors, anything like that. Well, that's a testimony in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, being in business 10 years, particularly in a business like yours where there's tons of so-called competition, right, and a high turnover and all that, to stay in business that, lo- I'm that long, and I'm assuming you're – client retention rate is high too. That says a lot about your values as a company and how you treat your folks. Yeah. Generally speaking, if we lose a client, someone's bought their business or they've closed their doors. Fair enough. That, that tells the story. Um, I I like to quote people a lot and I often quote Zig Ziglar and he says, uh, you can have everything you want in life if you're just willing to help enough other people have what they want. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, they say it, it takes a village, and, and, you know, a lot of that's real. I mean, you know, we spend a lot of time in the community working on, you know, charitable efforts and donating money. I'm big on animal causes, uh, which, you know, I, I, for you guys obviously won't know this on the podcast because you didn't walk into the studio here, but uh, but David's housing a family of birds just outside the studio here. And, yeah. Uh, so for me, that's that's heartwarming. I've I've got a nest of birds that uh, you know we're, we're cultivating at the house as well. You know, it's really easy to go out there and say, okay, you're in my space and you're in my way, and we're going to remove your nest and whatever else. But are they really causing that big of a problem? And what are your thoughts on the crap mitigation uh, system we have? 
in place. <laughs> it was it was fascinating. It, I felt more like it was an early warning system. Yeah. Because really. I walked up and I'm like, oh, this guy's got a you know he's got a box waiting for him. Maybe he had a delivery come. Yeah, we got I'll a delivery, multiple deliveries. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of deliveries there. Airborne. <laughs> right. I was like, I was like, I'll, t- I'll tell him it's. Wait a minute, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I uh, it, it was it was uh, very ingenuitive. It keeps you from having to spray your porch off a lot. I bet. Well, I have to give my wife credit for that. For the those not in on the joke here. Um, they're called um, barn swallows, I think, mm-hmm. and they come once or twice a year. And Mama comes and builds a nest right above the steps to enter our home. And of course, you got four or five or six little babies doing what they do, and so there's a lot of dropping. So my w- wife came up with the bright idea: just drop a UPS box underneath it, so you know, so at least there's something that can try to contain it. And so uh, Jeff saw that when he walked in. So um, for anyone who has cats, though, we're all used to boxes with droppings. And you know what? I'm an animal lover, too. And we talk a little bit about charitable causes later on in the show. So I made a note to come back to that. I I want you to mention those causes you're involved in. Absolutely. And uh, we'll definitely spotlight that. Um, One of the things I wanted to mention, too, um, with the HSA and kind of uh, the modern evolution of life insurance, health insurance, that, that space is... I don't have any, you know, beef with someone who smokes cigarettes and does all, all these unhealthy lifestyle things. But at the same time, uh, I think there's a there's an argument for rewarding the folks who do the good things to keep themselves happy or healthy and happy. Sure. And then consequently, it lowers their need for medical care and shifts some of the cost over to people who are going to be using medical care all the time. To- all the all the time because of these bad lifestyle choices they make. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, it's no different than if you went out and bought car insurance. You know, if you're somebody who's drag racing down, uh, you know, the freeway at 110 yeah. miles an hour, you're obviously more of a risk than the person who drives the speed limit. Multiple reckless driving uh, and DUI. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, so if you have different things like that going on, obviously you're going to pay more. Uh, it's funny because young males pay a lot yeah. in car insurance. I don't have a problem with that. Young males are stupid. We're, 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 we're goofy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just is what it is. Yeah. So the funny thing on that, though, I told you about the association plan. Young women pay more than young men in one of those plans because really? it predates oh. the Affordable Care Act. And everybody's always like, well, why? And as soon as they get the why out of their mouth, they have the moment just like you just had. Yeah. Where they're like, oh, yeah, they can have babies. Yeah. <laughs> so. And that's the thing. You know, the plumbing inside a woman is far more sophisticated than ours. And women are more likely to go get treatment and be proactive about their health than us stubborn, it's true. ignorant males Typically, yeah, I couldn't have said it any better. I mean, we are we're knuckleheads. It, yeah. it just is what it is. Why do they know? keep us around? You know. <laughs> well, I, I feel like we're kind of slowly weaning ourselves out. You know, yeah. the, the knuckleheads are going to kind of take care of themselves because they won't be around in five years to uh, repopulate anyway. So, yeah, I kind of I kind of use the uh, the idea of uh, my wife feeling sorry for for me to keep me around. So uh, sure, that's what I've got going for me. <laughs> well, I, I mean, is somebody who I. I I've been married 19 years as of uh, this Sunday. Congratulations. And thank you. And, uh, you know, for her to work with me and live with me and still have not shot me is pretty amazing. Yeah. So, you know, I've, I've chosen the saint of the group. You're playing, you're, you're playing with house money at that point. Oh, yeah. And, and back to your point about smoking, the a lot of the carriers do give you, so, for example, Humana has a program called Go365, where if you're completing certain tasks, you get a discount on your health insurance up to 15%. Yeah. Anthem has a plan that does that as well. And so they do try to get people to think more about those options and they try to give them monetary 
you know, considerations for, for doing it. that. Yeah, absolutely. They want to push them to, to live the better lifestyle because at the end of the day, it's better for them. Yeah. And how does that relate to the products you offer? I'm sure there's plenty of uh, incentives that they're in place, subsidized or fully paid gym memberships, smoking cessation programs. Can you talk more about some of those and what they look like? They do have those. Um, we don't have like any, like a built-in, like a gym membership type of plan. However, we're happy to help them. You know, if, if an employer wants to come to us and says, hey, here's what we're thinking. We're happy to reach out and try to negotiate different things in the, in the area. Um, having worked a lot with other small business owners, I can tell you that there are businesses that would be tremendous for that. There are businesses where they will send people to you know, your home or your office location to help you work out. Or you obviously could maybe work a, a deal with somebody like a Planet Fitness or something like that uh, where, where you can get discounted memberships because you're buying in bulk. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're happy to try to help uh, coordinate those, but they're not on our normal slate of offerings. Gotcha. So you can help facilitate, facilitate that process. Mm -hmm. Uh, my newest team member, Justin came on the podcast about a month ago, believe it or not, he's about six, three. And I think he weighs about one seventy now at one point in his life, he weighed 300 and almost 340 pounds, I think. And he lost 170 pounds. And what's most impressive about it is he did it the hard way, diet and exercise. And that's the hardest way. Yeah, and I'm not knocking surgeries. You know, mm -hmm. whatever you can do to get, you know, get yourself healthy, get the weight off, uh, reduce your need for medical care and all that, and ultimately, hopefully, add not only years to your life, but quality years, I'm a fan of. But well, I think that's so impressive that he was able to do that. It's amazing that he's able to do that. because, And, and really, that's the best organic way to do it because if you can have the surgery – and for anyone who thinks the surgery is a quick fix, I would, t I would invite you to, to try it because it's really not a quick fix. Yeah. It's still really difficult. But you have to change a lot about you before that can work. Oh, yeah. Surgery can be defeated. Yeah. And if you haven't changed about you, your lifestyle, your habits, the things that brought you to that place in the first place. The reasons why you're making the bad decision. Then, then you're, you're, you're not going to do any good. You're going to make a temporary fix for 10 years and you're going to be right back in the same scenario. Yeah. The, the old metaphor was if you got a tire that's consistently running low, you can pump air into it and buy yourself some time. But until you patch the hole, that's the source of the problem, not the symptom, right? That's absolutely true. Yeah. And most medical plans now will not cover weight loss programs they will not cover bariatric surgeries. That surprises me because you would think they'd have an incentive to do that, right? You would think, but here's the scoop. I mean, like we, we just talked about making a 10-year fix and you're right back in the same place. Oh, they all covered bariatric why. surgeries for a long time that's until why. they realized that so many people, there was a large failure rate. Yeah. Failure rate on bariatric surgery runs somewhere around 80%. Oh my gosh. It's a lot. That makes sense. It makes perfect sense if you think about it, yeah. Um, one thing I also wanted to mention too, and this is the benefit of being a small business owner and you're talking to the, the man right here, Jeff Elder himself, the owner of the company, the buck stops with him. I would think that you're able to offer a personal level of service to your clients that they're not going to find with some, you know, nameless, faceless corporation, corporation out there doing employee benefits, right? Can mm -hmm. you talk about what that looks like and how you guys are unique in that space? Yeah, there's a lot of places that offer them and they do everything. They're huge corporations, but they don't always have that personal touch. And I, I say don't always because I, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not in the business of running down my competition. I want you to pick me because I'm better, not because yeah, same here. I told you something about, you know, a, a, a competitor that made you want to look my way. Mm -hmm. Now, the difference with us is that, you know, 
my rule in the, in the agency is, is, is if we get a voicemail, if we get a phone call, if we get uh, an email that it's responded to within 24 hours, unless it's like a holiday weekend or something. Yeah. Um, so typically we want to respond quickly. And in most cases we respond within hours mm-hmm. and it's not within, you know, days or whatever else. Um, you asked about my team earlier. So Anna is my tech specialist. And again, she programs our uh, enrollment platform that we use. She also programs our CRM, but she does a lot of service work too. So she's in the office. If somebody calls, if somebody has a problem, a billing issue, whatever it might be, one of our team hops on that right away. The other person who works primarily in servicing is Becky Allman. She's been with us for two years. Her two-year anniversary just came up. Uh, she's worked for me once before because she uh, was an admin of mine when I was a carrier rep. Mm-hmm. So this is her second stint working with me. Uh, fantastic lady. She uh, She's great at helping people. She wants to help people. And that's one of the things we really look for. The other members, uh, Zoe Gunter is our uh, newest salesperson. She is uh, very young, but she has the right qualities. She wants to do the right thing all the time. She wants to help people. She wants to make their lives better. Those are the type of qualities that I look for when I'm trying to hire somebody. And I mentioned a half earlier, and I I, I promised I would tell you about that. Big tease. So we have a person who, her, her mother owns a property casualty agency. And she spends most of her time with the PNC agency, but that agency does not write employee benefits or any sort of health. So if she does health insurance, she does it under our moniker, but okay. she's not a full-time employee. Okay, very good. And it, can I assume that you don't outsource anything, right? Everything's hand, handled it's all personally in-house. by you and your team members, mm-hmm. correct? It's all in-house. So if there is some interactions uh, um, necessary uh, to service your your account by talking to your various vendors, your people are going to do the legwork for Absolutely. the client. So the client's sitting on hold for 30 minutes and talks to somebody in another country, right? I would think that's another advantage of the uh, per, per, personal level of service you can offer your clients. Yeah, definitely. So if we have somebody who says, you know, I've got this problem with billing or whatever else, then what I do is I, you know, reach out to whatever carrier that might be and, and get on the phone with their billing person. I say, okay, can you tell me what's going on with this? Uh, and then, you know, they send me, a detailed breakdown of whatever the issue is or what's causing it. I respond back to the person. So, okay, here is what the carrier said. Let me know what we need to do next. You know, if this is correct and you agree that it's correct, then, you know, problem is solved. If that's not the case, let me know because we'll go back and and I'll go back and forth with them as many times as need be. Um, I've actually had issues where, We've had some unfortunate issues with a carrier that was, you know, certainly not the the business's fault whatsoever. It was, you know, 1,000% on the carrier. And I've had to go to bat to the point where I've told the carriers, like, if you don't fix this, there will be repercussions. Yeah. I will stop writing groups with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, at the end of the day, the carrier almost always does what's what they're supposed to do. Yeah. They do what's right. They do what's legal. And, you know, as a small business owner, that's particularly appealing to me. I have a thousand things I have to do during the course of a workday anyways. I don't want to sit on hold with with Anthem or ABC Insurance Company or whatever it might be. Absolutely. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, a common theme when you were describing your team was uh, that they want to help people. Yeah. I would think you got into the business for that reason, right? Absolutely. Uh, I actually came to the business. I uh, was, I had been laid off. From the tech industry, no, uh, you know, another ironic uh, affiliation we share. Yeah, and uh, so I was working at a call center, 
doing uh, technical support for businesses. And I was very good at upgrading their packages. So I knew I could sell stuff. But, you know, I wanted to, to sell things and still help people. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because there were two industries I absolutely did not want to be in. I didn't want to sell cars and I didn't want to sell insurance and both for the same reason. Yeah. You know, to me, if you thought of somebody selling insurance, the first person that popped in my head was from the movie Groundhog Day, Ned okay. Ryerson. Yeah. So didn't want to be that guy who's chasing somebody down in town square and was talking to them about, you know, do you really, you know, you could always use a little more insurance. Am I right? You know, no, you're not right. That's not always the case. And there's no absolutes. You know, that's why we have to get to know people and find out what their particular situation is. So I got into it. I actually answered an ad that I thought was something other than an insurance sales job. Uh Uh-huh. And it ended up being the carrier that I worked for. And so I went there and the first person who interviewed me was a regional and he was everything I thought of when I thought of an insurance person. He was in a suit. He had his hair slicked back. He was young, but you know, he was definitely headed down the road of, you know, the gaudy rings and the, uh, the big amulet hanging around his neck and so on and so forth. Decadence. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was, I went ahead and came back for the second interview because I knew it was with somebody else. Well, my second interview was with a district manager, and that person was a way different experience. He was down to earth. He was, let's just talk. He was was somebody that I left the interview and said to myself, that person I can get behind. I I can go to bat for this guy. Well, it was fateful. The second interview was with him uh, him then. Absolutely. So, you know, I took on the job and ended up working there for a couple of years before moving on. But I still enjoy a good relationship with him today. He's a a terrific guy. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be sitting here if it weren't uh, weren't for that meeting. So I'm thankful. Yeah. And you learned a lot there, I'm assuming. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, You know, another benefit of doing business with a small business, locally owned business is no offense to State Farm and Allstate, but when you buy products from them, you're paying for tens or hundreds of millions of dollars of advertising, right? Yeah. It, you just mentioned that you don't advertise. You, you're seeing you, your BNI member. You have you advertise that way, but outside mm-hmm. of that, your advertising is taking care of your clients, and they tell their friends and their coworkers and their associates about you. Uh, I think it's always important to point that out. You know, uh, you don't want to uh, be because. State Farm does not, uh, out of their own pocket, pay pay for their advertising. Their clients pay it in increased rates mm-hmm. and fees, right? Well, and, and of course, they pay for a lot of things that way. I, I don't don't know if you saw, but there was a recent claim with a uh, with a Geico customer, where you know it was a frivolous lawsuit. She uh, claimed she caught an STD having an interaction in a car with somebody. I've heard about that. Can you- yeah, so so essentially she caught an STD by hooking up with this guy in his car and uh-huh. turned around and sued his auto insurer. And did she win? And, and, and won $5.2 million. Oh, my gosh. So that sort of thing is the thing that's going to drive yeah. you know, the industry and the rates. Yeah. The other thing I've seen recently is a growing trend. Young people, and I'm assuming they're young people, you know, I just see them commenting. But I've seen a lot of comments who... Uh, here in Louisville, Kentucky, recently we've had a, a large increase in carjackings. Uh, it's been <clears throat> it's been just one of those unfortunate things. Mm-hmm. So the the thing about that though is we've had also unfortunately people who have confronted said carjacker and one of the two of them have gotten hurt, mm-hmm. and certainly you don't want that. But one of the things you hear is well, you know, it, it's it's not worth 
taking someone's life, just let them have the car. You're insured, aren't you? Yeah. Well, there, there's that's a that's a great approach from the standpoint of human life. Yeah. And in certainly, the moment. Yeah. yeah. Certainly, we want to protect human life. Yeah. But that's going to have a repercussion that's sure. going to come to you because yeah, yeah you're insured. That's fine, but every time you file a claim, that's going to go up. Yeah, uh, it doesn't really pertain to health insurance, but it's one of those things that insurance companies tend to deal with as frivolous lawsuits. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of that. Um, insurance companies take kind of a bad rap as being the cause of everything for you know for high insurance prices. Uh, they certainly have their blame. Don't sure. get me wrong, but also in that cocktail, doctors have part of that blame. Hospital systems have part of that blame. Pharmaceutical companies have an enormous amount of that blame. Government too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, if, if you, so you mentioned watching TV earlier and you mentioned seeing commercials earlier. Yeah. When's the last time you watched TV and you managed to get through one commercial break without seeing an ad for a brand name pharmaceutical? Oh, it's dominant. Absolutely. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So, and here's the problem with that. You know, you have, they're only advertising brand name pharmaceuticals, which are high dollar. Mm -hmm. So for example, there's a drug right now that's out for uh, rheumatoid arthritis. It's called Embrel. Mm -hmm. See commercials for it all the time. Mm -hmm. Here's what they don't tell you. That drug is five grand in injection. Oh my gosh! And how often do you get? How often do you have to get an injection? Depends, uh, you know, on your situation. But I've had a client that got it weekly. Oh my so gosh. you're talking about twenty grand a month in injections for just brand wow. name drugs. Wow. Now, in some you know scenarios, brand name drugs are needed. Mm -hmm. You know, they're a new drug. Maybe something else in the market doesn't really work, uh, or they don't have even you know maybe it's the first drug to the market for mm -hmm. that particular condition. But most people will afford, or well, not afford, avoid generic drugs because they think there's something wrong with it or their cut rate or something else. Yeah. They have to have the same active ingredients by law. Right. So it has to be the same drug. It has to work the same way. The only difference is it's just like buying designer jeans. You know, are, are Wrangler jeans as expensive as Levi? I don't know. It depends on whether or not you're in a, you know, a rodeo community. Yeah. But, you know, generally speaking, the brand name tag is what you're paying for. There's really no difference in the in the material, right? Um, or you know, for that matter, uh, Skechers versus Nike, or you know, whatever else might be. Uh, you don't want to just pay arbitrarily for a brand name on something. Mm -hmm. There's there's no point in that. Here's where the system gets really crooked. The pharmaceutical companies send reps into your doctor's office. They buy them stuff. They take them lunch. They oh, buy yeah. lunch for the office. Yeah. They take them on trips. They give them gifts. Sure. And it's also they will prescribe that brand name drug over a generic. Which should be illegal, it right? It should be absolutely illegal. It's yeah. wrong. Yeah. It is wrong in every sense of that word. But those pharmaceutical companies have high-paid lawyers and lobbyists in Washington, D.C., lining the pockets of the politicians. There you go. Yeah. The word, you know, the lawyer it was, was one part of that, but you hit it on the head when you said lobbyist. Yeah. They have enough money to where they can buy whoever they want to buy in Washington. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, we, are, we have a very divided society today. You know, and it's almost, it's funny, I refer to it as being, we're, we're almost like gang members. We're so down for the Tribalism. set that we will not listen to the other side to save yeah. our lives. We have to be down for the set. And, you know, it's, and it's not, it's not a good way to do things, you know, yeah. because realistically, both those parties have problems and yeah. both those parties are getting rich yeah. and both those parties are doing things to us that they shouldn't be doing. And people are just willing to give them a free pass because it's their party and it, it just shouldn't be that way. Yeah, we had a philosophy professor on recently, and he was talking about how um, uh, politics is a game, and we were talking about that. And I said, is there an argument that pol politics being a game, the, 
that there's a good strategy to win that game and there's a bad one. And when someone executes a good strategy, they win and, and the other person loses and there's consequences to that, right? Is it is it harmful to look at it kind of, kind of stepping back and see it that way for what it is? And he made a really interesting comment. He said, well, yes, there's there's some merit there, but the problem is the stakes are too high for the average person. You know, all these lobbyists, these politicians that are bought and sold and corrupt and criminal, they're impacting real people's lives who have no say in that. Mm-hmm. He, can, he, compa- he compared it to, to like being pawns on a chessboard, and they don't even realize they're a pawn or a chessboard. Yeah. And that's what's sad about a lot of the corruption and the uh, political, uh, you know, influence that these people have, and obviously the political influence, financial influence, and cultural influence once these large corporations have and their lobbyists. Well, we're going toward, you know, and it's a disturbing trend. We're going towards a setup in America to where even the politicians aren't running America anymore. It's the corporations who tell the politicians what to do. And it could get worse than that. Are you familiar with AI sentience? I am not. You know what artificial intelligence is, right? Yes. Well, there's a theory that the artificial intelligence will keep evolving and evolving and evolving to to the point where it becomes self-aware. And if it does, it'll outsmart us pretty quick and make us its slaves. And that'll be the next, we'll, we'll move from being the top of the food chain down one notch and we'll be serving our uh, technological, artificially uh, artificial intelligence overlords. So <laughs> and They made a movie about that, didn't was they? Was it Ex Machina? Have you seen that? I was thinking Terminator. But well, Terminator <laughs> too, yeah. I was going to say, you're, you're describing Skynet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we got off on a bit of a tangent there. But um, I wanted to kind of bring things back in and... Uh, um, I mentioned that this is Jeff Elder with Gin Pale. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for coming today. Thank you for having me. This has been a great conversation. I think a lot of folks who listen to this will be surprised by some of the facts that you mentioned about the industry and the specific products that you offer and how your team can help people. If uh, someone has a question, they'd like to have a conversation with you, what's the best way for them to interact with you? Sure. So they can call the office, uh, 502-791-9300. My extension is 101 because you will get an auto attendant that comes on. So if you just dial my extension, you can bypass that. Okay. Um, you can email me, uh, jeff at genpale.com. So J-E-F-F at J-E-N-P-A-L-E.com. Uh, our website is www.genpale.com, and then we do have a toll-free uh, toll number if you're outside the area and you don't have unlimited long distance, which would be in the you know strong minority these yeah. days. But it's one eight three three Genpale. For those still using rotary phones, that's uh, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Please reach out to Jeff, have a conversation with him, uh, and see how he can help you. I think you'll be surprised at ob- obviously after our conversation how affordable these options can be, how flexible they can be, and even the features. There's no compromise on features based on a lower premium or something like that. And there's totally a, um, a, a large number of options. Right? Well, and, and that's one of the things you'll see people today, and again, I'm not here to run down any competition, but there are, been, there are companies out there that are trying to recreate the wheel, and they're telling you they're doing something totally new, and this is... This is, uh, you know, healthcare evolved and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. <laughs> and what they're really doing is they're leaving something out. Yeah. You know, with any insurance, if it's less expensive, then it's got something missing. Yeah. With the exception of if they have something that is like, you know, medical underwriting that is specific to a type of plan. So medical underwriting can make things less expensive, but, you know, keep in mind that's two sides to a coin. It can also make it more expensive, sure. you know, but... Even if you're unhealthy, we can still find you an option. We can still get you something that hopefully will be something you can live with. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, if it's not something you can live with, you know, so like let's say that we're not able to find you a good option, I'm not here to pressure you. I'm yeah. not going to sit there and hammer on to you. You, oh, you need to take this plan, blah, blah, blah. You know, this, this is your choice at the end of the day. It's got to make sense for you. Yeah. I'm just here to guide. Do business with a local business, locally owned by people who care, you know, about the, their clients. Give Jeff and his team a chance. Uh, I, I'm, I'm convinced you won't be disappointed. And in case you min- uh, missed his phone number or how to interact with him, all that information will be posted on the show notes. So anybody who listens to or watches the show can call you, email you, go to your website. Um, moving right along here, um, this, the segment of three questions we're about to do is brought to you by our nonprofit called See Good to Be Good, uh, which aims to act as a source of hope, motivation, and inspiration to help folks achieve their dreams. We're now accepting donations to help fund our needs-based scholarship to help a young pay- person pay for their education in the arts. If you would like to help us uh, give your time and or your money, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. I have three questions I like to ask everyone. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Why are you successful? Uh, because I work longer than everybody else. <laughs> I, um, I once said that you know you could train anybody to do what we do. You can't make them care more, and you can't make them work harder. Um, I have learned one of the many things I've learned by being in business, uh, you know, by several years now, is that at some point I can't work twenty four hours a day and still be sane mm-hmm. and and healthy for that matter. But you know, generally speaking, again, if you, if you're there, we're responding. If you need help, we're there. If you're calling, I'm responding to that. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that I'm, you know, slaving away at 9 p.m., but it does mean that if somebody calls me and they need me, that I step into that role for a few minutes, finish up whatever I need to do, and then go back to family life or whatever else is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always attributed just being out there more, meeting more people. You mentioned advertising earlier. We don't really do that. All of our advertising is based on meeting people. We're a face-to-face business. If we're not talking to you and if we're not interacting with you, um, if you're not hearing my voice and hearing our our thoughts on things, then you're probably not going to do business with us. It's probably not going to be the best fit for you. If you're a business owner that has no desire to interact with your broker, there's lots of choices out there. Maybe I'm not the best one. Uh, but you know, you're going to find a different experience when you come on board with us. Yeah. And that's said over and over again. You know, when you go out to, you know, if you Google GenPale LLC, you'll see all of our Google reviews. They're all five stars. They're all people that are business owners that we have worked with. And it's because they've felt compelled to say, Hey, you know, this took a lot off my shoulders. Yeah. I suspect I'm going to be a cl- client and I'll be leaving a five star review too. So Good. We'll we'll yeah. accept that. We'll yeah. we'll take that from you. Stay tuned. Hopefully, we we'll have an update on the on that down the road. Second question is: Why are you happy? Oh gosh, I am happy because I have made it this far in life, and I, I'm very blessed. I you know I don't have a huge house. I live in a thousand square foot ranch, but that's by choice. I don't need to. You know, it's not something I need to make me happy in life. What makes me happy in life? I've got an 18 year old little girl. So uh, by the way, your sponsor is one I'll be finding out more about because she is in the arts. Hey, so we, we have another tie there. Yeah. Uh, she just graduated from DuPont Manual and uh, Y Pass. Oh, she excellent. was a Y Pass student. 
um, and she actually is um, prepping for the 2023 Kentucky Musicians Abroad trip. Oh, cool. Uh, what instrument is, does she play? She is a vocalist. A vocalist. <clears throat> she plays her own, her own instrument. That's, that's right. Yeah, built in. So she has been involved with, um, she's been in a performing arts school. She was in a performing arts middle school because she went to Western Middle School for the Arts and then yeah. went into Y-Pass. She's been part of Louisville Youth Choir. She was nominated to the National Honor Choir twice. She's been all county and all state every year she's been in it. Um, and she also does performances with the Louisville School of Rock on Shelbyville Road. Oh. So she has multiple facets. She, What's her name? Let's give her a plug. Natalie Elder. Okay. So she has um, she has her, her, her uh, uptight, or not uptight, I guess they're, uh, her high society choir side, and uh-huh. then she has her her rock side where she'll go out on stage and do, you know, heart or um uh, for that matter, she's done uh, shows where she's done the, everything from the Beatles. She's done the Beatles on the news several times. She's the whole done, spectrum. Yeah, all the way up to Iron Maiden. Wow. So primarily <laughs> the blessings you've had in life and your fa- family being, you know, top of that list, right? Yep, they're absolutely the top of the list. Uh, as I mentioned, I was married for 19 years. Uh, you know, coming up this this Sunday will be the 19th year. Um uh, And, you know, I couldn't ask for anybody better to help keep me sane and focused and, you know, on the straight and narrow. And, and really there's, there's no two people in the world that would make me want to go to work harder than those two. Uh, I have a whole house full of critters. We, uh, we have six cats. Oh, okay. Um, It it started off with just a couple and it was like, almost like they started passing out flyers that said, Hey, if you need a place to crash, here's where to go. Yeah. Um, so we picked up a few strays, but, um. Yeah, uh, I was told by my daughter's friend, <laughs> I'll use her terminology for him, uh, recently he came to a show, it was the first time I ever met the kid, and for those of you who can't see me, I'm not the smallest of people, uh, I'm a big dude, I'm probably six one six two, um, and so... I look kind of mean uh-huh. and the intimidating father. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of the intimidating guy. And, and, and certainly I didn't do anything to scare the kid. I just, yeah, yeah. I was really nice, shook his hand, whatever. And yeah. he just, you know, felt intimidated. But, uh, so it's, it's funny cause I'm actually probably the biggest softie you'll ever meet in your life. Yeah. You know, if you put on a Disney movie, I'm going to cry. If you have a cat around, there's the cat's going to be in the lap. If you yeah. have a dog around, I met your dog Oreo or gentle giant. That's so right. Speak. Yeah. Well, and that's funny. It's what my mother used to call me before she passed away. Okay. Wow. Uh, final question, what obligation do you feel to help others? Uh, I feel like that's my purpose here. You know, it, it's always been kind of that way. And if I'm not helping somebody else, then, you know, am I really doing anything to better the world or am I just sitting around complaining? Yeah. So, you know, I can do whatever I can do. Now, I can't fix every problem. And, and certainly, you know, my ideas aren't going to always be taken as the the answer to, you know, to whatever issue. And that's fine. But at least we try, you yeah. know, and, and it may not be a situation if you're out there today and you're thinking to yourself, I'm not making a difference. If you think to yourself, you know, uh, because many times in my, in my 20s and even early 30s, I was like, I'm never going to get ahead in this life. I can't do it. Keep trying. It's one of the things I've been telling my daughters. Like, you know, as you get into your 20s, you're going to feel overwhelmed a lot, especially now with the, with the rising costs of everything. Just put your head down and keep trying. Mm-hmm. Don't give up. Yeah, the the adversity in the moment can lead to triumph and self uh, discovery if you just keep trying. Yeah. 
you well, you know, if, if you make it and you did nothing to make it, will you, will you really appreciate it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of your obligation to help others, this would be a good time for you to mention a few uh, um, personal causes that are near and dear to your heart. Let's talk Absolutely. about those. So, you know, the, the first one, I found a new charity here today, so yeah. I'll be asking and finding out more about that. But yeah. we definitely support a lot of causes. We uh, are involved with Mattingly Edge. Mattingly Edge is a, a local uh, uh, nonprofit that helps um, disabled folks. Get, oh. get to, uh, to find kind of normal work site lives. Transitioning so they, into... They can transition into being sort of uh, more independent. Yeah. Uh, most of our other causes, uh, obviously we support like COSIR Charities and, and uh, Volunteers of America. So we, we've worked with both those charities in the past. Um, we have a lot of animal charities. So me personally, I'm behind, uh, you know, and support like the ASPCA, the Humane Society. Uh, we have some local charities here that are animal based that I really like too. So the Perfect Day Cat Cafe, yeah. um, you know, uh, the uh, Lucky Cat Lounge. I mean, there, there's a few of them that are out there that help uh, do things like TNR, which is trap, neuter and return. Mm -hmm. These are feral outdoor cats that wouldn't necessarily be good indoor cats, but we don't want them procreating and keeping, you know, the, the cycle going. So they trap them, they neuter them and then they return them to the, to the area. Yeah. Uh, the ones that are more domesticated, then obviously they work to bring them in and adopt them out to great homes. And that's a big deal. You know, I, I've talked to, and I'm sure everybody has talked to somebody along the line that would say, I hate cats or I hate dogs. Here in Kentucky, there is, and, and this may be everywhere too, but I've actually talked to people who tell me, well, well I mean, if I see a cat, I'm going to go out of my way to kill it. Oh my are, you, are you out of your mind? That's psychopathic. Yeah, behavior. it's like, you know, yeah. you, you really, have you talked to a therapist about this? Because yeah. you're, you're going down a bad road yeah. here. Um, but so, you know, to give you an example, our, our newest kitty is named Nugget. And Nugget, uh, literally, we were. I was coming home one night. It was dark outside. We don't necessarily have the best lighting on the right side of the house. So I was taking something out of my trunk, and I just closed the trunk lid. And all of a sudden, I saw something move toward me from my right side where I couldn't see. And, of course, Nugget's a little tuxedo, so she's mostly oh. black anyway. Yeah. Uh, hops up on the on the trunk lid and she's kind of you know walking around back and forth and you know kind of chittering at me meowing at me a little bit and I asked my daughter Natalie I said hey, do you do you know whose cat this is because she's out with all of her friends and she knows everybody in the neighborhood yeah and she said you know this belongs to you know her friend across the road and I said do you mean the friend that just moved and she said yeah they left it behind they or? just dumped it out and left it oh. which is despicable yeah it's absolutely I mean you you have a baby at the, that point Nugget could not have been more than two to three months old okay. So you've dumped a baby outside to fend for itself, and it's not going to be able to do that. Yeah. So that kind of stuff, you know, I was like, well, you know, it, it certainly wasn't looking for another cat, but I'll be darned if it's going to stay out here. Good so, for you. That's, that's, hard, that's heartwarming. We love, so, our anim we love our animals around here, too. Absolutely. Yeah. I wanted to mention something uh, we, we talked about earlier about uh, uh, Jen Pale and Jeff's business. You have received several awards. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about a couple of those? Or? Sure. Yeah, we were the uh, we were named the St. Matthew's Chamber Small Business of the Year in 2017. Uh, that was really our first award. Uh, we've gotten other awards that are sales awards, but I don't care about those as much. Yeah. The uh, the award that I'm most proud of is we were the 2019 Torch Award winner for business ethics from the Better Business Bureau. 
to me, that is that's my favorite award. That is a serious um, honor. It's a it's a big deal, yeah. you know, because you have a not only is it Better Business Bureau related, but the judging on those is done by other businesses. Oh, so you know they have a, a panel of people who have to judge these in, entrants, yeah. and for them to choose us was a huge honor. And were you chosen out of hundreds or thousands of applicants? I don't or? know how many there were, honestly. Probably at least a hundred or so. Yeah, but yeah. There, there's usually quite a few. Yeah. And, um, you know, I always say anybody can win a sales award. Not everybody can win an ethics one, especially like not in our business. Yeah, in sales, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've heard stories of ethical or unethical things that are scary. You right. know, I, there was a business I quoted once upon a time that told me that they were looking for life insurance, like a basic life where the company pays for a small policy. And apparently the broker who put it in place told them to tell the life insurance company that nobody smoked. They would get cheaper rates that way, which is true. You know, but they won't honor their claim on the back end, That's right? exactly right. Yeah. What you're doing, though, is wow. if you lie on an insurance application, you're doing a couple of things. Number one, they can absolutely tell you that your benefits are void when you go to use it. Yeah. It's a really terrible idea. Yeah. The other thing is, obviously, you're committing insurance fraud. Fraud. So, a crime. Yeah. So yeah. I've to- I told you know the, per- the business owner, I said, you, you knowingly have gone along with this. Not only is your broker you know, in line to get in trouble because, you know, they would lose their license. They would probably go to jail over the deal. Yeah. But you, Mr. Business Owner, can also be in prison for doing this. Sure. This is not something you should just take lightly. You're an accomplice. Yeah. And and so we see things like that. Uh, I'll get calls from business owners who will tell me, well, I want insurance on myself, but I don't want to offer it to anybody else. Okay, so then what you need is an individual policy. I can help you with that. Well, no, I don't want to be individual. I want to be on a group. Well, <laughs> there's a problem here. That's yeah. not really a group. Right. So there are business owners that I've told, look, there are plenty of people in this area that will be more than happy to write this policy and help you work over your employees. Yeah. I'm not one of them. Good for you. You need to find one of those. Yeah, good for you. I think those awards uh, speak volumes to your integrity. Um, that's good to know. The great Steve Jobs once said, if you're working on something that you really care about, you don't have to be pushed. The vision pulls you. That's actually a good quote. I've never heard that Steve Jobs quote. I like that. I ran across that the other day. If you would like to be a guest on our show or you would like help creating and or distributing your own podcast content, please contact us for more information. I'd like to take a moment to thank the talented people that work behind the scenes to make this podcast happen. There's the effervescent producer, David Snyder, running audio and video. The intrepid David Snyder casting and scripting the show. And finally, the brilliant and gifted David Snyder editing and distributing the show online. I wanted to take a few moments to thank those fine folks uh, for their contribution to to the show. I'd like also, again, to thank our guest, Jeff Elder with GenPale. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. And that's, that's a heck of a crew you have there. You definitely uh, should, should be giving them some shout-outs. Thank like you. It's like a standing ovation kind of crew. I know I'm a little biased, but I think, uh, I, <laughs> I think, uh, I think I'm working with good folks here. Uh, thank you for joining us today, and thank you to the listeners and our sponsors for making this podcast successful and hopefully or possible first and hopefully successful. And uh, we'll see you real soon on a future episode of the Respect of Math podcast.